You are listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a show covering the hometown Milwaukee Brewers as we analyze the roster, report on the latest rumors, and discuss their quest to bring the World Series trophy to Milwaukee for the first time. Here are your hosts, Peter and David Go. Welcome to today's episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. I'm your host, David Go here. Um, Peter is unable to join us, unfortunately. We're going to make today a little bit of a shorter episode, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of positive to talk about in today's episode. The Brewers coming off a lengthy losing streak um, up at, was it nine games, I think? Um, eight games. So um, coming off of that, they get the win on Sunday against Washington and hopefully head to New York and right the ship a little bit. But we're gonna talk about whether we should be concerned or not, what kind of team this actually is, uh, and then just a few other topics um, looking at the agenda for today. Gonna look at the Brewers outfield bats, uh, how they have underperformed this year, the best managers in Brewers history in light of Craig Council becoming the Brewers all-time wins leader as a manager. Um, And so uh, without further ado, why don't we get started on today's episode, we're going to start with looking at the outfielders. Um, the The headline I wrote in our preparation uh, a few days ago was, can the Brewers be a, a serious World Series contender with the way that Yelich, McCutcheon, and Kane have performed? So let's look first at how they have performed. Christian Yelich, looking at his stats on the year so far, 242 average, 327 on base, but the 381 slugging is a big number. Uh, similar to last year, but a number that uh, you just can't have that large of a chunk of payroll coming out of Christian Yelich, and you only get a 381 slug. Um, that, that can't really happen, especially for the hitter that he has been in the past. Uh, That's right around league average as far as WRC+. McCutcheon has unfortunately been even worse than Yelich. 233 average, 286 on base, 332 slugging, and 74 WRC+. The thing with McCutcheon, too, is he's a DH, so not providing any defensive value. While Yelich isn't a great defender, he still produces a little bit more and is a better hitter, a good base runner, too. Uh, Lorenzo Cain hitting 168 on the year, 226 slugging. Uh, just been terrible offensively, hasn't been able to get going at all. And those were supposed to be three of their better players. Kane, I don't know that you'd say he was supposed to be one of their best hitters, but with his glove that has still been actually solid this year, um, you were hoping that he was going to at least be maybe a little bit below average of a hitter, but something that's definitely serviceable. And you're able to run him out in the lineup most days. Unfortunately, that just simply has not been the case. But who are their other options in the outfield? Tyrone Taylor, who's picked up a large majority of the playing time in center field now, has actually gotten more playing time than Lorenzo Cain, hitting 228, 276 on base is pretty low, but slugging 414 on the year, six home runs so far in 174 plate appearances, and has been actually okay in center field. Um, nothing, nothing amazing. And when he played right field with Renfro down, he really looked uh, looked like he was able to man the position well. We saw that catch he made at Wrigley was maybe the play of the year as far as the Brewers go. Hunter Renfro has been pretty solid this year. On base is a little low at 279, 
but slugging 467, 10 home runs, even in spite of the time that he missed on the injured list, Renfro's going to get his at-bats. He's going to play right field pretty much every day. And those are kind of the options the Brewers have in the outfield right now. Um, they've got Corey Ray on the 40-man roster. I don't think he's coming up anytime soon, and I don't really think he'd be an upgrade over any of them. They tried Keston and left for one game. To be honest, I did not see the game. I didn't see him make any plays in left field, but I can't imagine that that would be a regular alignment that the Brewers choose to employ with Keston Hira. So um, what are what are the Brewers supposed to do? Um, how How is the outfield... Um, you know, obviously they've performed poorly. Um, and going back to the original question, can they be World Series contenders or, or threaten the playoffs with the way that they have performed? And the simple answer, I believe, is no. The Brewers cannot be a serious World Series contender with the way that these uh, that these guys have performed. Um, when two of your best offensive performers are hitting 242 and 233 with um, sluggings below 400 in Yelich and McCutcheon. Um, unfortunately, I just that's not really going to play um, unless one of them gets hot when you get into the postseason or both of them. And certainly that's a possibility, but you can't bank on it. The Brewers rank 20th right now in WRC+. Um, they are hitting home runs still, so that is the one positive. They're in the top 10 in home runs. They were actually number one for a time. Uh, but they just aren't really getting much production out of their position players. The holes in the roster are quite evident uh, in terms of the big bat in the middle of the lineup. I think that's really what they're missing is not the, the depth pieces. It's not the surrounding players. They have a lot of surrounding players, but uh, they kind of built this team around Christian Yelich. And unfortunately, with the way that Yelich has performed, he is not the big bat in the middle of the lineup and the Brewers are kind of just stuck with a bunch of supporting players on the offensive side of things. And you're not really sure exactly where you're going to get that um, the big bat from. Um, and But I don't know that the Brewers are necessarily a threat in the playoffs if they don't add a big bat or they don't have one or more of these guys really turn it up going into the second half. So I would say that until Yelich or McCutcheon or both start playing better. I don't think we can really quite look at the Brewers as World Series contenders. Now, you never know what can happen. The Braves, of course, weren't expected to be great last year and ended up pulling off a World Series run of their own, uh, partially against the Brewers. But you still, um, I would say that, that that Braves team was considerably better. I mean, think about even Freddie Freeman in the middle of the lineup, who was consistently good in the playoffs. Um, and and the guy that they kind of pitch around, and then they had one guy step up in each playoff series. They had Rosario, they had Soler, and they had um, Jock Peterson in the three series that they played. And so having the Brewers have a guy in the middle of the lineup that that is to be feared and that is uh, warrants being pitched around, I think, um, and, and will give you production regardless, that's somebody that the Brewers need but i don't know if that's someone they can get and so the brewer's best bet on that might be hoping that yelich turns it around which we've been hoping for for over two years now um, or somehow hoping that a number of their hitters get hot at the right time late in the year and into the postseason so until then i don't know that we can expect the brewers um, to be 
a dominant team like their pitching staff might suggest. And in the coming weeks, we'll talk about maybe who some trade targets will be for the Brewers. But I think it's difficult because uh, you don't know really what where to upgrade as far as position-wise. They're kind of set at every position. I mean, I guess a big bat in center field maybe, but those just don't really happen. So I'm not really sure where where exactly that um, you are going to to look um, to upgrade. They've got Rowdy at first. I mean, DH, I guess, but I don't really know exactly who you're going to get at the DH position um, or, or somebody somebody who's uh, a good hitter that you can get for a fair value to, to just plug in at DH who's really a, a middle-of-the-order bat. Uh, someone that I would say is even maybe better than a Nelson Cruz type like we talked about in the past. So um, I, I think until that happens, the Brewers aren't quite World Series contenders, but hopefully that turns around and we'll talk about that in the coming weeks as well. Second topic for the day, ranking the five best managers in Brewers history. Craig Council became the Brewers all-time wins leader um, with win number 564. Council has been the manager since 2015, the third longest tenured manager in the major leagues right now, actually, uh, taking over for Ron Renneke midseason or, or pretty early on in the year, actually, back in 2015. We're going to go ahead and rank the top five managers in Brewers history. Start with number five, and it is Mr. Ned Yost. Yost was a player for the Brewers. He was a backup catcher on the 1982 team and then spent some time as a um, as a coach for a while, coach for the Braves, coach for the Yankees, Blue Jays, and then the Brewers hired him at the end of the 2002 season. Um, Yost was number three, um, and he actually, I, I'm just reading his Wikipedia page before, and he wore number three to honor Dale Earnhardt, who was, I guess, a good friend of his, who had died in a, that tragic accident in uh, NASCAR. So um, interesting fact on Yost. Yost was a manager from 2003 to 2008, 477 winning percentage, and went 457 and 502 overall. Um, and he was kind of the guy who brought the Brewers back to relevancy along with Doug Melvin, played a pivotal role um, in the Brewers' development, I would say, of their young guys of Braun and Weeks and Fielder, Corey Hart, J.J. Hardy, the guys that ended up bringing them to the postseason in 08. Um, just days after he was fired, actually. Um, and he ended up having a more successful run with the Royals, winning a World Series in 2015, lost in the World Series in 2014. Going to number four on the list, Ron Renneke. Renneke brought the Brewers to the playoffs in 2011, had a much better um, much better team than, than Ken Maka had before him, but I think it's pretty clear that Maka was not a good manager. Renneke over the course of his four years, or three-plus years, went 342 and 331, 508 winning percentage. And um, I think he he would always leave pitchers in too long, as far as I remember. But he kind of just let the, let the players play overall, for the most part. And doing that with a good team, I think, is kind of what they needed to do. So Ron Renneke was, I wouldn't say he was a great manager, but he was fine. And... Um, oversaw one of the, the great successes in 2011 that the Brewers have had. Number three on the list, the guy that 
Craig Council just passed up on the wins leaderboard. Mr. Phil Garner. Phil Garner was the Brewers manager from 92 to 99. Won 563 games. Uh, identically to Yost, had a 477 winning percentage as a Brewers manager. Um, and he had he had a very good year in his first year in 92. I think they went 92 and 70. But he just didn't really have much on the field as far as talent. And that was kind of the uh, the issue with Phil Garner. Um, it wasn't that he was a bad manager, I don't think. He ended up having a couple other stints, one with Detroit and one with Houston soon after that. But um, Molitor left in 92, Yount and Gantner retired, and they were already at the end of their careers, and they never really replaced guys with more talent. I mean, they had Jeff Cirillo during that time. Jenkins came at the end of his tenure, but that was really about it. They didn't have much there. Uh, so a little bit difficult to um, to evaluate scrap iron Phil Garner, but he's going to come in at number three on the list. He also managed for eight years, which is, I think, the longest tenured um, longest tenured manager, I believe. Number two on the list, Harvey Keene. Keene did not manage nearly as long as the other guys, only in part of 82 and 83, but he did compile a 574 winning percentage and led the Brewers to that American League championship in 82, celebrated around Milwaukee. Um, unfortunately, passing away at the pretty young age of 57 in 1988, grew up in West Dallas and lived in the area all his life when he uh, wasn't a player uh, and his uh his widow actually just passed away last year um in her late 80s i think audrey um, but keen keen was kind of a milwaukee guy through and through like i said grew up in west alice but then he also owned a, a tavern that was near the ballpark and he and his wife lived out of uh, the tavern in the house attached to it just kind of a down-to-earth guy um, he uh, supposedly, when, took o when he took over as manager, he called the team meeting and said, I'm Harvey Keene, I'm your new manager. And of course they all knew him. He was, he was coming there from being the hitting coach and then said, um, I hate team meetings and this is the only team meeting that we're going to have all year. Let's go out and win some games. And they did win some ball games and ended up being successful in 82 um, and only had one more year at the helm of the Brewers. But ended up kind of having a long-lasting legacy because of that 82 championship, AL championship, I should add, not World Series championship, but we just like celebrating it as if it were a World Series championship because we don't have one. And lastly, the best manager in Brewers franchise history, Craig Council, current Brewers manager. He's surprisingly never won a manager of the year voting, but he has received votes in 2017, finished second in 18, um, finished second in 2021 and he also got votes in 2019 I believe and he is a 530 winning percentage overall he has had the benefit of managing some better teams with David Stearns putting together some really some good teams but it seems that they have a great connection Craig Council is, is widely known as one of the best if not maybe the best even Baseball America did a survey of players and executives and coaches, and they voted that Council was the best manager in baseball last year. So Council, known as a good manager, like Keen, a Milwaukee guy, grew up in Whitefish Bay and still lives there to this day. Um, and so far, he has brought the Brewers to two division championships uh, and two other playoff berths. 
And then also in 86 and 76 finish in 2017 when they finished one game out of the playoffs and really to help turn them around from the 2015 season when they were really just terrible. 2016 kind of rebuilding and brought them to relevancy a lot sooner than would have expected. Council is one of those guys that I almost never have uh, like second guess him. Um, and, and he almost never makes decisions that I'm like, that does not really make tactical sense. Like you might have seen out of Ron Renneke or, or some other managers. Um, of course, there are times that I'll disagree as a fan, but um, I trust Council, and he has been, I think, pretty clearly the best manager that the Brewers have ever had. Ask an older fan who's experienced more of Brewers baseball than I have. And I think that is the general consensus that, that Council is the best manager that the Brewers have ever had. So wrapping up the managers, we're going to go into random player of the day, and it is a minor league reliever for the Brewers right now, Connor Stadzek. Sadzek, so far this year, 20 innings in AAA Nashville, a 1-3-3 ERA, doing um, excellent there, over 10 strikeouts per nine and just three and a half walks per nine, which is down considerably from his previous time in the minors. Last year in AAA between the White Sox and the Brewers organizations in 44 innings, he struck out just under 10 and walked five and a half batters per nine. So cutting down that walk rate, crucial. He's a name that we could see in the Brewers bullpen at some point this year. We've seen some new guys come up, Peter Strzelecki, Jason Alexander, Luke Barker, just to name a couple. Uh, but Sadzak could be the next guy in line. He does have some major league experience, had a 2.18 ERA across 33 innings with Texas and Seattle in 2018 and 19. Got a good fastball, good slider. So he's someone that um, that I think he his stuff would play in the major leagues. Uh, and he actually is from Northern Illinois, played for Hitters Baseball Academy in Racine. And is somebody that we could see in a Brewers uniform, and I, I kind of hope we do. I want to see him, see what he has. Um, I like the Brewers just kind of shuffling through and seeing what kind of arms they have in the back, um, the the not the back end, but the, um, the, the last few spots of the bullpen, Luke Barker, Peter Strzelecki, um, and, and I hope Connor Sadzek is the next in line. So he's a name to remember, Connor Sadzek, somebody that could be uh, in the Brewers bullpen at some point this year. Uh, looking ahead at the Brewers' schedule this upcoming week, they play in New York against the Mets three games. Uh, the Mets, who have been one of the best teams in baseball this year, are still without DeGrom and Scherzer, so uh, hopefully the Brewers are able to take advantage of that. And then they go to Cincinnati to play the Reds. The Reds have been playing better baseball as of late, better than they, um, than they were in the early part of the year. Hopefully we're able to be back with you after this upcoming week, um, but scheduling is a little bit hard right now. So... We'll see if we're able to. Um, the the Brewers uh, seem like they had they had a very long road trip and then had two series at home and then another ten day nine game road trip, which is uh, seems pretty difficult. But the Brewers are kind of enduring the toughest stretch of the year. They played eighteen games in seventeen days before the off day before Philadelphia. So overall, I think that the Brewers are in an okay spot. Would I like them to be in a better spot? Do they think they probably could be in a better spot? I would think so. Um, but they're also enduring the toughest part of the schedule right now, uh, even after their upcoming road trip um, or their, their current road trip 
they come home and play St. Louis and Toronto and then go to Tampa Bay. So it doesn't really get too much easier in the near future. Um, but thankfully then they do end um, before the All-Star break with a number of games against Pittsburgh and the Cubs. Um, so hopefully the Brewers are able to right the ship a little bit. Um, they have a lot more home games in August. So down the stretch, that could prove to be valuable and, and a number of off days as well. Um, right now kind of being the, the toughest part of the schedule with the now second place Brewers. The Brewers have sunk uh, about half game behind the Cardinals, but I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Um, and I think the Brewers are going to make the postseason either way with the expanded playoff format. But that's going to wrap it up. It's going to do it for today's episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. Um, thanks for bearing with me. Thanks for listening um, to all those who still listen today. Uh, we appreciate it. Be sure to rate and review our podcast if you get the chance. And as always, signing off, this is David Go. Go Brewers! Thank you for listening to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review our show on whichever platform you're listening on. If you enjoyed it, consider supporting us through the link down below. See you next time.